Hey, this is the Nobody Likes Casey McLean podcast. Today's guest is Gabriel Rutledge. I've had him on the podcast many times. He's a very good friend of mine. Um, we talk a little bit about this uh, TikTok video he put out. We talk about uh, me hosting for Joe List. We talked briefly about the uh, Johnny Depp and Amber Heard case. We also talked about the uh, deep emotional connection we made with each other and the uh, deep fear we have for the life of our uh, our good mutual friend Greg Beechler, who we've both worked with a lot recently and who I have trashed to his face on this podcast. Uh, follow Gabe everywhere at Gabe Rutledge, I believe. If not, it's Gabriel Rutledge. Anywhere you might be curious. If I think there might be another Gabe slash Gabriel Rutledge floating around, uh, if there is, this is the guy that has long hair and is a stand-up comedian. Um, follow me at the Casey McLean. Come see me perform stand-up comedy. The most important dates, June 12th, I will be headlining Tacoma Comedy Club. As of right now, June 24th and 25th, I will be at Skyline Comedy Club in Appleton, Wisconsin. It feels like it's going to fall through, but right now it's feeling it's still on the calendar. Uh, July 1st through 3rd, I will be headlining Spokane Comedy Club. And then July, I think it's like 13th and 14th, no, 13th through 17th, something like this. I will be in Louisville, Kentucky with the aforementioned Gabriel Rutledge at Louisville Comedy Club for the first time. Please come check it out. Thank you for listening to this podcast. Tell a friend, tell a coworker, subscribe to my stuff, my Substack, CaseyMcLean.substack.com. There's a real fucking banger of an episode up right now where I just trash the venue I most recently performed at. Uh, thank you again for listening to the podcast, and I'll talk to you later. Hello. What's up, dude? Just, uh, you know, days in Salem. Days in. Do you have a, do you have a loyalty card there yet? I should. I was at a, I was at a Red Roof Inn in Austin. Not to, not to brag, but they they had a, they have a loyalty program for Red Roof Inn. Man, that's when they ask if you want to become a member, they're really saying, we don't think things are going to work out for you. Yeah, I, I, uh, to me, a Red Roof Inn feels like the kind of place that's for people who. I mean, either need to travel on the cheap, like our situation is very different, obviously. But like, I think about what a loyalty program for a Red Roof Inn would be. Because I, you know, what I fucked up is I thought Re I've got Red Roof Inn and Red Lion mixed up in my mind. Sure. That's <laughs> as Red Roof was hoping you would. Yeah. Uh, so, because Red Lion's like mid, mid tier, maybe lower mid tier. And Red yeah. Roof Inn, I found out, is just dog shit. Yeah, I feel like that's kind of newer, though. Like, well, it's probably the same hotels that used to be mediocre are now shitty. But it's like Red Roof when I like 15 years ago, Red Roof was like, I thought, oh, OK. And now I'm like, oh, boy, We're in, you know. Yeah. Greg Beechler and I stayed in a, this Red Roof Inn where I I found out. So I feel like what I was saying was I feel like they're um, they're geared for people who travel once a year and really can't like afford to travel these are like all bereavement fairs staying in red roof inns you know <laughs> right and oh. and like the the 
Red Roof Inn, Greg Beachler and I stayed in in Austin, Texas, which I found out was in the like the bad part of town. Apparently, it wasn't. I didn't notice that it was a bad part of town. I did notice the the language changed uh, among the patrons of this Red Roof Inn. They were uh, not speaking English. Um, <laughs> but uh, that's just rude, Casey. It's I know rude. English only at the uh, Red Roof Inn or poker table in the Red Roof Inn. Um, our, our Red Roof Inn had the door, there was one screw holding in the top hinge and I noticed it immediately. But what also happened is, uh, the, like the door, because of that, the door was like all fucked up the way that it opened and closed. So you had to like, once it hit the door jam, you had to like lift it up and shift it into place to close. Yeah. Which... Our mutual friend Greg Beachler forgot to do many times, and I'm just such a fucking dad that I was just standing at the door waiting for him to not fix it. <laughs> Greg Beachler's well, a serious drug addict, so he had to go smoke weed every 14 seconds. You know, I uh, you know I'm a longtime listener to your many podcasts. Yes, uh, <laughs> and I was listening to you and the uh, and. And Greg Beachler, and he's talking about his, you know, he he's diabetic. Yes. Um, which is not his fault technically, mm-hmm. but you know, he won't stop bragging about how it's not his fault. No, he's like, oh, I'm not the fat kind. Whatever, dude. Uh, so he, it, it seems crazy to me. His body is constantly trying to kill him. Mm-hmm. He has to maintain these 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 levels of and. And I, I had the same experience when I was with him one time where he goes like, hey, can we stop? And I got to get like an orange juice or something. And I'm like, <laughs> how do you not always have it on you? Yeah. Agreed. Like if, if it's like, hey, every once in a while, my body freaks the fuck out and tries to kill me, but I need some sugar. Uh, Like just have an emergency orange juice, right? Yeah, have like a fucking sugar packet or something like that. I mean, one one thing I'll say, I don't know, have you listened to the most recent uh Nightcap episode? The I have not. Okay, so I if that episode ever reached a norm this is by the way on sub caseymclean.substack.com, but if it ever reached the venue <laughs> that I performed at, that's the I guess the <laughs> the freedom of performing or of doing these podcasts behind a paywall. By the way, not presently behind a paywall, but hopefully eventually behind a paywall is I also talked about how, uh, Greg drank, he says seven beers, but okay. I would, I, if it was more than five, I'd be shocked if I'm being honest. Um, but still, apparently he doesn't drink beer very often and beer affects him differently. So he was just like, well, I, I don't know this. Like he just starts drinking beer. And then we get back to the hotel and like I would any person when I wanted to drink more, I was also pressuring him to drink more so that I felt not like it was a problem. Like we were, Hey, that's a good friend. Yes. Uh, drinking, drinking's fun. Let's have fun together. Mm-hmm. Don't make me feel bad about it. So he had uh, two Bud Lights back at the hotel room. And so then the next morning I wake up like a fucking soldier crack of fucking six o'clock or whatever. Uh, go play golf. I like came back to the hotel, grabbed a tripod, 
went and played a little more golf, and I was like, you know what? I haven't eaten. I'm going to talk to. I'm going to see if old Greg, because Greg was actually planning on learning to fly fish that morning with the owner of the venue. I was like, let's see, let's check in on old Greg. Maybe he's caught us lunch, you know? I sent him a text. I'm like, hey, have you eaten yet? He's like, no, nah, man, pretty hungover. And I was like, oh, really? Like, like in my mind, five beers and his lie, uh, seven beers. But still, I'm like, seven beers? And you're like, that hungover? Like, it's 1 p.m.? Yes. And I, I pick him up and... Uh, He's like, yeah, dude, I don't, I like, I don't know. I've been throwing up like all night. And I was like, oh, why? He's like, I don't normally drink beer like that. And I'm like, oh, I think you, uh, you might like just be a lesser person than me. And, uh, we made it one block. He's like, where do you want to get lunch? I'm like, I don't know. We'll just drive down, figure out. We made it less than one block, a half a block. And he had to, he like, he's like, oh dude, he like, he like started reaching for the door. And I'm like, do you have to puke? And he's like, uh, maybe and I was like, dude, just get out of the car. And he's like, oh. I was like, he's like, no, man, just go. And I'm like, no, dude, you're like, get out of the fucking car and puke. If you have to puke, like don't puke in the rental car. And he's like, no, dude, I'll be fine. Just, just like, I'll wait till you pull over. And I'm like, I'm fucking stopped. So I, I like turned the corner and pulled over immediately. And he got out and threw up five times. And in a way that like he threw up from his toes to the fucking, oh. the, 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 not working follicles on the top of his head. Like every <clears throat> fucking inch of his body was vomiting. Was this really from the beer? I think so. And by the way, um, I did tell, I, I did a lot of talking at this place where I didn't consider who the, like the people who I was saying it to were, um, which you'll hear when you listen. But one of the things that I did is I was like, um, I was coming down the stairs after I had gone and gotten Greg like orange juice, uh, fucking anti-nausea medication, also a phone charger because he's 11 years old and forgot his phone charger. I feel like his <laughs> fucking dad, dude. Dude, every every comedy trip Greg's on is like a make-a-wish. Dude, it's now you know what it is. It's like a fucking. It's like a gauntlet. He's. It's like he's on uh like naked and afraid every fucking time. And but naked is without insulin, fucking sugar, or his phone charger apparently. And so, uh, anyways, yeah, I, I I bought him, I bought him supplies like he was fucking like it was the Outsiders, and he was hiding. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I brought him back like uh, like a water and some you know whatever orange juice and all that shit. And then I'm walking down the stairs, and uh, the the lady that owns the place or that runs the place, she's like. Hey, you know, Greg earlier, he like ordered coffee and then I made his coffee and like I turn around and he's just like vanished into the wind. <laughs> and I was like, oh, yeah, I think he has uh, food poisoning. And I just didn't even connect that when you tell a restaurant owner oh, that yeah. someone has food poisoning, they're not going to be like, ha, what? A, like I told a bunch of comics, like I, I've everybody that's considering booking Greg in the future, I let him know. I was like, this guy's not reliable. He gets food poisoning, <laughs> but I didn't, I did not expect just cause I'm stupid. It's not because they were irrational. When you tell a restaurant owner, I got food poisoning at your restaurant. They take it very seriously. Greg and I had eaten the exact same thing the day before. Like it's a long story, but there was a reason why we just for convenience sake ordered the exact same food, just like two burgers, the exact same doneness. 
And, uh, yeah, so it was for sure the alcohol. And also what he was throwing up was, like, yellow liquid. So I think it was, um, oh, yeah, because of that, I also think it was al- alcohol-related. But doesn't he, he drinks, right? Mm-hmm. But usually liquor or something. Yeah, I think he drinks whiskey, specifically whiskey, the most often. Which, wow. Yeah, theoretically, I think alcohol fucks with your blood sugar regardless of the sugar content, but then I think also beer has, like, unfermented sugar in yeah. it. Yeah. So, I don't know. I mean, Greg is just, uh, he's, you know, he's a delicate flower who can't <laughs> handle having a couple beers, and I didn't know this. I didn't realize that I was taking a 15-year-old boy out to Cascade, Idaho. Um <laughs> The other thing Greg does that's annoying if I'm just shitting on Greg while he's not around, because I've done it a lot to his face. Uh, he, every time we walk into a building, he because he does maintenance stuff for a living, he starts, like, analyzing the maintenance guy's work. He's like, oh, man, they don't even make those those uh, light fixtures anymore. And I'm like, Dude, I don't give a fuck. Why would I care about this? Casey, this is my whole childhood, because my dad is... I mean, it had a fancier title than maintenance man, but th- my dad did that at a hospital. Oh, yeah. So, you know, like HVAC shit and like that kind of stuff. Every, like, I would look, it'd be at my school concert and I would look up in the stands of the gym and see my dad <laughs> looking at the AC equipment. <laughs> I think Greg is Black Hank Hill, dude. <laughs> By the way, I should say, I got a bunch of shows with Greg Connor, but I fucking love him. But. Yeah. Uh, but I will say it is shocking to me the amount of comedians that are like, don't seem to know how to function. Greg has health challenges, but it's like, just like basic things to me that just like, okay, but Greg has, he, <clears throat> Greg has health challenges and like a, that requires like a calculator. You know what I mean? <laughs> like he's. If, yeah, if Greg yeah, just yeah, used yeah, the yeah. calculator on his phone, we wouldn't be in this problem. If Greg kept a fucking a pack of Mentos on him, we'd be fine. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, I know. But instead, we got to pack him with us like we're a mom with a fucking fanny pack. Yeah. Like, Greg, 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 how's your levels? Greg? <laughs> I know. His, uh, his girlfriend, by the way, uh, this is so funny because it just really exemplifies Greg Beachler. His girlfriend baked me a loaf of sourdough bread called a uh, thank you for keeping Greg alive loaf is what she called it. And then Greg just never brought it to my house. <laughs> so It's like a class, like maybe his blood sugar got too low to drive his car to fucking deliver this loaf of bread. I don't know. It seems to be a comedian characteristic that like just dealing with details is not, like, I, I've landed at the airport before. Like, someone was flying with me. You know, they lived in Seattle. I lived I live in Olympia still. And, like, we landed, and the person was like, the other comedian was like, huh, I got to get a ride. <laughs> I, like, I don't know how I'm getting home. I guess I could call a friend, or I wonder how. It's just, and it just boggles my mind. Like, that level of just, I'm, I'm, I'm jealous, but just, like, I'll go where the wind blows me. And, yeah. you know, I'm online checking how hard the wind's going to blow, <laughs> you know? <laughs> well, that's the thing about Greg that's infuriating is then, then, boy, we're just, this is a shit on Greg session. And it's all me. It's all one-sided uh, so far. 
Um, the other thing that'll happen is, yeah, he's like that where he's like, can't, can't be bothered to fucking keep his blood sugar in check. But then he's like, he's got 17. He's like, he's like, so what are this, what does this place have for like a sound? Like, he's like all of a sudden when, like when it's stuff that he cares about, not his blood sugar, he's got 17 <laughs> questions for me. Like I'm the, like, he's like, I'm his agent and not the other comedian on the show that's experiencing at the, at the same time, you know, that booked him. <laughs> What's the food like at this place? Have you seen the menu? <laughs> You're like, I'm on this journey with you. Yeah. Yeah. Also, um, you'll, you don't know this yet, but Greg, because of his stupid insulin pump has to get a medical pat down because he can't go through oh. any of the, the x-ray stuff. So I didn't know I was adding a half hour to my trip every time. Uh, <laughs> And also, you know what's crazy is the Boise airport, you would think this wouldn't be the case. You'd think it, in Boise, they'd have to, like, wake the guy up that does the medical pat-downs. In Boise, there's one gate. So, like, the guy that does the medical yeah. pat-downs is seven feet away. In Austin and Seattle, that person is, like, four gates away, patting down oh. a bunch of fucking children or something. I don't know what they're doing, but uh, it takes forever in those places. Boise... No problem. Like 12 minutes. We were getting breakfast burrito recommendations from the guy doing the medical pat down. <laughs> I love a small airport. Yeah. Um, so you put out a video today that I, I want to talk about that. I have a couple okay. things that I want to talk to you about. Uh, but the one you put out a video today on TikTok of a, I want to know the full story because we talked about it a little bit online, but there's just the video that you put out starts out with, a man is like approached the stage or is near the stage and throws a lighter to you on stage. Yes. You, you catch the lighter, uh -huh. instinctively check to see if it works. Uh-huh. <laughs> instinctively <laughs> shove it in your pocket and then reach back for your water bottle as though nothing happened. And yeah. then like I think in that moment kind of realize how bizarre that situation was. And then the crowd cheers and laughs and all that. Yeah, you know, I played a little third base in high school, so yeah. I got, I got, you know, hot corner. Hot corner stays with you. Yeah, hot corner stays with you. Head on a swivel. Um, my, my, my basic move at third base would be like I would make an amazing play with the glove, and then two hop the throw over to first base. <laughs> <laughs> that was that was how I, I like to handle things. But um, yeah, so. I, it's funny because I was at a show, the show was in Renton at the Carco Theater, and I have a joke where I say, I look like a guy who has a lighter. That's my look, right? And so that, I didn't know, I, I remember that happened, but it didn't feel that memorable to me. Just a guy threw me a lighter, and in my head I was kind of like, well, I kind of fucked up that joke. Oh yeah. But then I happened to see video of it because because the people who did the show put my entire setup on YouTube. They, they took it down. To their credit, they took it down. But like you can't you can't do that. You can't just put my whole anyway. Um and and I was watching the video because I downloaded it off of YouTube. I'm like, maybe there's something good on here. And I watched that video, I'm like, man, that was smooth as fuck. It's it's so good. I said this to you, like, I thought that was like, you knew that guy was bringing a lighter to you. Yeah. I think what had happened is someone, someone had like 
thrown it or put it on the stage and I didn't know that, but it was a big stage. Mm-hmm. And so that guy walked up to the front, picked it up off the front of the stage and then tossed it to me. And um, you, I will have to say you, you said you should use this music with it. And I think that helped because I'm at 130,000 views on TikTok right now because it just timed out like perfectly uh, with that uh, Snoop Dogg. Yeah. It's I think the uh, next episode by Snoop Dogg yeah, and Dr. Dre. Yeah. Yeah, and that's, and like, it, a little bit of a meme, but, like, I've never seen you do something that was, like, this should work with this meme, like, perfectly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And it's funny because on – it's so – it's a, it partly what's good about that little 12-second clip is it's very confusing. You're like, wait, what happened? Why is this ha-? – like, people in the comments are just like, why did he th- – what's going on? Like, uh, and people are debating – People thought I said before he threw me the letter, they thought I said something about Bic. Like, did your Bic die? And then he's yeah. like a bunch of a bunch of people are making up things I was saying. It's it's very hilarious uh to me that just like I'm like, no, I got just threw me a lighter, but it's mesmer uh, it's a mesmerizing video. I've watched it too many <laughs> times. Well, you know, I I spend a lot of time trying to write jokes, but that's <laughs> that's the old me. Casey. You know what's that's, funny? What's funny too is you sent me the version without the music. This is how we got to this point. Is mm-hmm. and I don't. I haven't watched it since I've seen the one with the music. But I've convinced myself. I had convinced myself you said something about a bick. Also, I don't remember what you said. But le- the legend will show. This is like uh, when you play Abbey Road backwards or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I actually I know what I was saying. Um... But it had nothing to do with the lighter because that joke was like ten minutes earlier or right. at least five. Um, but yeah, it's very, it's very, <laughs> it's very. I was just gonna put it up without the music, and now I'm so glad you uh, talked me into that. Uh, but it is so funny. It's, it it also is like it really, <laughs> it really like I'm happy it's getting views and it's fun. But it's also like, what the fuck are we doing, Casey? <laughs> you know what i mean like like i it's like oh this is i mean look i'm in the get views business but it's also like a guy threw me a lighter and i caught it and i'm like this is good for my career like what the fuck is going on i know such an unhealthy place like oh i wish someone would come up on stage and kick me in the balls you know the views i get I know. Well, that's like the like Bill Burr did the thing that he thought was going to end his career, and then it's like his kind of career defining yeah. moment. And then, uh, not Ricky Gervais, but uh, Jim Jeffries did the joke that like it was like a gun control bit. I think someone came yeah. up and hit him on stage, and that's like yeah. raised his profile a ton. Actually, uh, a more contemporary example is I believe her name is Kelly Bachman, but she was like doing it's like a three year comic or something like that in New York doing a show where Harvey Weinstein was in attendance Mm. and a bunch of people just performed and didn't acknowledge it. And then she acknowledged it. And that like, she's, I remember back then because she did like a bunch of podcasts and stuff that I looked and she was like, like 1200 followers. And that was after it had become a thing. Like I'm sure she had gained some before I got to, now she's got like maybe a hundred thousand followers. And she's like a person who's like people go to for comedy opinions. Wow. Which yeah. is like, I don't know how good of a comic she is or is not, but I know that it made her like a relevant person in comedy, which is like, sounds harsh to say that I personally am not a relevant person in comedy, but uh, I have 
sent out hundreds of emails without getting a response. So I know, you know what I mean? Like to, to be like relevant at all, you don't really get to choose what the thing is. So if you become lighter boy, you gotta, I think you just gotta take it. (laughs) Two years from now, I'm just up there dodging shit. People are (laughs) chucking at me. I heard you can catch anything. (laughs) (laughs) You're the Steve Hofstetter of lighters. (laughs) Comedian catches heckler's brick. (laughs) (laughs) oh man do you remember those uh larry fitzgerald commercials where they were like throwing stuff at receiver larry fitzgerald and he would Mm -hmm. just catch everything that's gonna be gabriel that's not the only thing you guys have in common he also has long hair so (laughs) and we were both drafted by the nfl yes exactly Uh, i mean obviously i went a different direction but we were both drafted yeah you went Uh, you're an artist can't be bothered with that Jock shit. Someone, someone, yeah, exactly. I gotta, <laughs> I gotta go do comedy at an outdoor food park in Salem. I can't be bothered for playing for the Phoenix Cardinals. Uh, God, you gotta be they, a thousand years old to call them the Phoenix Cardinals. By the way, oh, oh yeah, you're right. I'm sorry. Well, I am a thousand years old. <laughs> uh, by the way, I'm drinking too. I don't know what you're drinking. But, <laughs> Thank you uh, for note. You didn't. I didn't even say I was drinking. But I maybe... heard a clinkety. I heard yeah, a clinkety clink, and my my penis rose a little bit. I love... <laughs> I'm drinking straight <laughs> insulin. Actually, I got. I'm trying to. <laughs> I'm a I'm a couple of Michelob Ultras in, or as Greg Beachler would say, halfway to food poisoning. <laughs> <laughs> On the verge uh, of death. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's it's uh. So this guy from my high school. I mean, I've talked to him many times. My friend Juan Carlos lives in New York now. And I posted that video on Instagram. And he remembered. He was fucking funny. He, during school lunch, he, like, was walking and he dropped a pizza. Like a school circle, shitty school lunch pizza, you know? Mm -hmm. And he dropped it. And I, like, turned around as he dropped it. And I kind of, like, backhand caught it before it hit the ground. And they called me Pizza Ninja for like the next two years of high school. Wow. And so apparently that's, I should have gone into the catching things game instead of the joke writing game. Pizza Ninja is actually my porn search. (laughs) 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 Should be. I'm drinking drinking gin and tonic right now. That's been my drink recently. Really? See, gin is, I mean, that... That that you can't fuck around with Jen. That's a, that's a, that's a serious man's strength there, oh or woman's. You, yeah, you you and Greg really belong with each other. The, you're, are you one of these people that's like, when I drink tequila, my you know, if I drink eighteen shots of tequila, I get real drunk. I get it's a real problem. <laughs> <laughs> oh, if I have tequila, I hump the wall. That's yeah. what I do. I, uh, I mean, I drink whiskey. I tend to like all of these. This is where you know you kind of have a problem when you have all these theories and uh, strategies <laughs> about drinking where you're like, maybe I, sh- I shouldn't be the kind of guy who's like, when I'm home, I drink whiskey and diet ginger ale. When I'm on the road, I drink light beer. Uh, but I actually do kind of like to drink beer when I'm working because I'm not going to get – I like to keep drinking, especially oh, yeah. if it's a – if it's a social situation, I like to keep drinking. And if you keep drinking whiskey all night, holy fuck. Yeah, I actually, you know? to me, the um, there's that, 
like those rhyming things like whiskey before beer, you're in the clear, or liquor before beer, you're in the clear, whatever. Yeah. I actually, my favorite way to drink is to have like, I did this in Oklahoma City most recently to perfection, but I had like four beers, had like a good buzz going, and then I just coasted on like White Claw. I would have like, I would get like a White Claw and like a Maker's Mark Neat. And that's like, at that point, I know I'm not like pounding shots or whatever. Like I know I'm buzzed. I'm not, I'm not trying to like reach a point. And you just like calmly sip your whiskey at the end of the night. Like I think closing your night out with whiskey, if you have like four beers and then close your night out with whiskey, then you're like, you know exactly how full you are. I will say like my body feels significantly better when I drink like straight whiskey, the same amount of like, whatever intoxication, my body feels way better the next day when I drink whiskey. Yeah. I, I could, yeah, I would agree with that. Yeah. It's really a time. You're right. It's a time issue where it's like, I don't, I don't need to drink more than a couple of whiskey drinks. But again, if you're like going out with other people, it's hard to like have two and then sit there for two hours. Yeah, I th- I like the ritual also. I think is what you're saying, and that's I've yeah. done. I'm pretty similar. That's why I drink a lot of like. I mean, even though White Claw, people don't respect that as part of the ritual, but uh, <laughs> I like White Claw. I'll drink a Michelob Ultra. I bought Bud Light for a reason in uh, in Cascade, Idaho, not because it's my favorite beer, but because I wanted to. At the end of the night, I thought have a couple low impact beers. I didn't realize these would be the kiss of death for my fucking pal. <laughs> only low impact if you have a i don't know what it is functioning pancreas i don't even know i don't know much i think it is a pancreas thank you you nailed it um so uh all right i'm gonna move on slightly because there's one other thing that i want to talk about and then we are it is late at night and i have had uh my daughter's daycare has been shut down by covid yet again we're still doing sakes i know I've, i've had no goddamn alone time today so I'm spending it all talking to Gabriel Rutledge. Uh, we're going. My wife and I are going to Portland tomorrow. We're like throwing. I don't know. We're throwing the kid in a kennel or something like that. <laughs> um, <laughs> the, uh, but I so on Monday I got to open for my favorite comedian. I got to host for my favorite comedian. I make that distinction. I by the way, I just always fuck up the distinction and correct myself in real time. I hosted for Joe List at Tacoma Comedy Club. Um, you was, did? I did. Did you not oh, know that? fucking great. No, I didn't know you were doing that. That's awesome. So I've hosted for him, I think, every time he's been at Tacoma Comedy Club since, like, I mean. By the way, before I even get into it, hard vouch on his new YouTube special. It's fucking mm-hmm. good. It's so fucking funny. It's great. It's called This Year's Material. Um, yeah, he's he's an incredible comic, and I it's, like, really reinforced um, – Every time he puts out something, it's better. I loved his first album, and I think, by the way, if you go listen, I don't think the crowd loved his first album. <laughs> like, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, I met Joe in the, he wouldn't remember, but I met him in the Seattle Comedy Competition where he did not make the finals. I believe I, that is the, that I believe that is the shit in the, in the girl's shoes story that he tells all the time is that. Seattle International Comedy Competition. Yeah, I think that, yes. And I, I'm not speaking out of turn here because he's been very public about it, that he has herpes. I believe that was right after that happened. 
No, this uh, is how much I know the Joe List story. It might have been right before, but he did it, I believe, over Christmas, which okay. I think would All like. Right. But he also, I believe it was right before he got sober also. But it may be, it could have been a year uh, after the herpes thing also, like, because it's what that, the competition's in November, right? Yeah, and that's to let you know how important those contests are, where the guy who got fucking eight is now way bigger than anyone else in that fucking contest. Yeah. So, so, uh, but I mean, so I've worked with him like four or five times now. I, he follows me on, uh, Instagram and Twitter. I have his phone uh, number and I, I never it, use Casey, it. Casey, you're a big, you know, and Joe know. List, you're, on, yeah, I get it. No, this was, this was like, I felt like the most like cool and normal it's because I've always been like nervous, right? Like I'm not nervous sure. when it's a famous comedian. <clears throat> I'm nervous when it's a comedian that I respect. You know, I've never been nervous yeah. working with you, Gabe, but, uh, um, <laughs> no, no, no one I, ever is. No, I think, I mean, obviously the one to, to, I obviously respect you, Gabe, but also like I was very nervous. And then we spent the first time I worked with you, we spent fucking seven hours in the car together. And I was like, yeah, oh, we're going to get over this eventually because, <laughs> uh, and by the way, seven hours, the first leg of the trip, I think it was a total of about 18 hours on the that was trip. crazy. Uh, yeah. Yep. Um, God, what a, what a silly thing to do to just invite a guy you don't know to spend 20 hours in a car with you for, it is crazy. It is crazy. Um, uh, but I, I feel like it's so funny though. Cause it's like, you ever, I, it, it's almost like with, um, this might sound corny and I apologize, but it's like with the way people talk about, uh, meeting their spouse or a girlfriend or boyfriend or whatever. And they're just like, that's that's kind of how I felt after we hung out. Where I'm like, I really feel like I connected with Casey. <laughs> <laughs> that's yeah. That's I mean, it's it's very funny because I've had those. Uh, I've had. I used to have this joke about this actually that never I could never get to work, but it's so hard as an adult man to make friends. Yeah. That it's like. I, my joke was like, there was the, like genuinely, there was a dude that worked at the grocery store across from the apartment building that I lived in that I'd go in and we'd have like this witty banter rapport. And I was like, I got to be friends with that guy. My wife was like, you just, can you just ask him out for a drink or something? I'm like, no, that's, <laughs> no we don't, we don't do that. And then I don't even know he like stopped working at that grocery store. He could be dead for all I know. Um, <laughs> it's unrequired, you know, it's, it's like a misconnection yeah. on Craigslist. Yep. But no, I felt the same way, and then I felt uh, it actually. You know, it's funny. Is so I used to do this podcast with Aaron Kirby, and mm -hmm. we've we've since had a falling out. But I remember the we did. So I had a podcast before Aaron Kirby and I had a podcast together, and he did it, and then he just did it like the next four weeks after that. And I was like <laughs> to my wife when he left, "It's so embarrassing. This is so embarrassing." I closed the door. <laughs> And I walked into the bedroom where my wife had been confined as to not interfere with the podcast. <laughs> and I was like blushing. And I go, I think, I think I'm going to ask him to do a podcast with me. Like, I think it's like, I think it, we like have a really good thing. <laughs> and I, like, I, I think I probably said something to her like that about you. And yeah, that's very embarrassing. You should be embarrassed. We should both be embarrassed. Yeah, I'm humiliated. I really am. But so I got to work with this dude who's like my favorite comic and I've gotten mm -hmm. to do it a lot and I've gotten to work with, I've been very lucky uh, to work with comedians that I respect 
and also comedians that sell a lot of tickets so I can sell a lot of merch on their shows. Hell yeah. Um, that not, those are almost all mutually exclusive, by the way. <laughs> but, but, uh, so I, what I w- am curious about, because again, our mutual friend, Greg Beachler, he's really dominating this podcast. I believe he that is. he told me that you told him your favorite comedian is Cat Williams. And I'm a little worried that you said it to Greg. It was Cat Williams because Greg is like one eighth black. You were like, I got, I got to pick a black comedian to tell Greg. That's that's weird because I don't see color except black. <laughs> black is the only color I see. Uh, <laughs> no, but I will say this. If you would have told me, do you like Cat Williams for the last, whatever, 10, 15 years, I would have said yes. But I recently, I just kept watching Cat Williams videos on YouTube. Mm-hmm. And I go, I this guy is so fucking entertaining. Cat Williams is so fucking good and also kind of crazy. Yeah, of course. He's insane. Yeah. But, like, he's so funny, man. I I really – maybe my favorite is Extreme, but he is for sure, like – I don't even have the list, but he's for sure top five. I'm a legitimate Cat Williams fan. I think he's absolutely fantastic. And some just, like, the showmanship – Mm-hmm. Incredible. Incredible. And the offstage stuff where he's just like just trashing every single comedian in the world that he disagrees with, basically. <laughs> yeah, I love that too. It's like a pro a pro wrestling aspect yes. of it almost. Yeah, I so I, I think he gets underrated and forgotten by people, and I think that's a mm-hmm. good answer. But so I'm gonna take Cat Williams out of the equation. Okay. Who is like of the comedians you've ever worked with before? Can you tell me about the like the comic who you were the most like starstruck by, or like whose career you respected the most? Or um, I don't know. I'm not trying to. This feels like I'm asking like my uncle. Like it's like a like go home from school and ask your uncle. But I actually was thinking about this, and I don't think we've ever talked about this. Very rarely we will talk about comedians that we like, but I don't think we've ever talked about like. Even who you're when Gabe when Greg was like, oh yeah, his favorite comedian is Cat Williams. I think we've talked about Cat Williams before. I think this isn't the first time we've had a Cat Williams discussion. But I was like, oh really? That's his favorite? Like I'm so let's take yeah. your dear favorite, longtime favorite, Cat Williams, out of the <laughs> equation. Who is like the highest on your list person that you've gotten to work with? It that's an easy answer for me. It's a and oh, is it me? Also. i told you we had a connection Uh, also i have not gotten to work with that many because i mean this i started headlining so fucking fast Mm -hmm. that i mean you know that sounds arrogant i'm sorry but it's like so it's like and even if i wasn't like in in town like doing clubs i was like out on the road doing shit so like i don't I don't have – if you just kind of hang out in a city for 10 years, you will have a lot better I open for list than I have. But uh, Mitch Hedberg. Yes. Uh, I I never heard of Mitch Hedberg before I started comedy. I, I, were, I, I did a guest set for him, and then I opened for him for two shows on one day. Uh, actually, not too far before he died. But I just – he was kind of, it was a really weird phenomenon. He was so underground, but also 
to me like a rock star. Um, and so I guess maybe coming from punk rock, that kind of like appealed to me where it's like in the beginning, it was like, I never heard of this guy. Why did he sell out the club every fucking show? Who is this guy? Right. You know, and, and it was a very, it was like this weird underground um, thing. It wasn't because people saw him on Letterman. It was just like their friends said, have you seen this fucking weirdo? Mm -hmm. You know? Um, so again, my comedy is nothing like him, but I was like, I was real excited to, uh, open for him. Um, I did it at the, uh, <laughs> the urban comedy cafe in Seattle, which has been, came and went so quickly. Uh, the guy who opened it did not know when you say urban in entertainment, that means not white people. Yes. He, he just thought it meant like, hey, it's downtown. <laughs> yeah. He's like a city planner. The way that a city yeah, planner yeah, would yeah, think exactly. of it. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and so uh, there, it was quite hilarious when I opened for him because I did a couple of gigs at this urban comedy cafe. It's actually the guy who used to own Giggles a long time ago. But no one went to the shows. I did a show with Emo Phillips, who's kind of well-known, and there was 12 people there. And five of them were a kid's birthday party. Wow. It was like, it was not, people, no one went to that club. It just, it, you know, there was the comedy underground, there was giggles, and he was trying to do his own thing, and people weren't into it. It was not working. And Mitch Hedberg was big enough that no matter where he went, it was going to sell out if it was, you know. And so there was literally no staff uh, it was just him and his girlfriend who who did it wow. all the time. But then all of a sudden, there's 200-something people in the room. They had to bring in these, like, plastic lawn chairs, that, like outdoor <laughs> lawn chairs. Uh, so people are, just, like, putting their drinks on the ground. There's no you – know, and that's if you got a drink. So he, here's what happened. He – he also owns strip clubs, and so he sold all these Mitch Hedberg tickets. And so he had all these Russian strippers come be his wait staff for 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 that weekend. So they're just they're just tottering around on their high, clear plastic heels. They didn't even you change outfits. They no, no. <laughs> and. The what the food was, it was Costco appetizers. So it was like it was like it was like mini, sandwiches. It was mini quiches and like uh and you know and alcohol and they would give you your mini quiche on a paper plate and this people are paying like forty five bucks a ticket and this is like two thousand five. So People funny. are paying like 45 bucks a ticket. They're like trying to order drinks that, you know, they're getting yelled at in Russian. They finally get their food. It's a paper plate with a Costco appetite. It was fucking hilarious chaos. I showed up and the owner, Bob, was like, I'll give you 75 extra dollars to seat people. I'm like, great. <laughs> uh, but it, it was also they made up all these credits for me. It was a, it was his his wife, I think, or a girlfriend was hosting and she would be like, okay, your middle act was just on the tonight show with Jay Leno. He's been on comp. She just made up all these credits. Oh, it, was, wow. it was, it was a wild weekend, but he, I just, I will always love Mitch Hagberg because he, I don't know. It, it, it's just such a unique, interesting brain. Um, that was, so far from my own brain that I respected it. Sometimes you see comics and you're like, I wish that was me. 
I would see Mitch Hedberg and be like, that is so not me. You know what (laughs) I mean? That is so, I I don't think that way. And also, look, you just saw Joe List. I'm assuming the amount of jokes he had that worked was all of them. I'm sure every joke he did was was like mediocre to amazing. Well, I would say I would say so he is burning. He burned the whole act. Yeah. So I would say that's not the case. But what I would say is, and I think Hedberg had this also to maybe like maybe at a slower pace. uh, I think Joe List is the best comic to watch, like work on material. Because when a joke yeah. isn't going great is when I think he's like, it's like, uh, oh man, I've been golfing too much recently. He's like a great recovery shot. He can hit like a great recovery shot. Well, that is exactly what Mitch Hedberg was. Because, right. you know, it was all these abstract one-liners. And like, look, he did an hour. And like the percentage of jokes he had that got zero response was like a lot. Right. I, I mean, 15%, 20%, cause he's trying out new shit with his old shit. And, but it's like, he would just rec- I mean, at the end of the show, everyone there would have been like, what a great show, but like, whatever, 20% of their jokes didn't work, but it was still a great show. How did you do that? Yeah. And he would have all these recovery lines. One the, I remember it. One of the lines he said a joke that made no sense, and then he goes, "I got to rewrite that with a new beginning, middle, and end." <laughs> <laughs> so fucking funny, uh, but yeah, it was it, it. I was I really I love Mitch Hedberg. I will always love Mitch Hedberg. Um, uh, and as far as I know, he's still alive. Don't tell me anything else. Yeah, he's please. doing great. I think he's Good. Uh, he's Good. on the Rushmore. Um, he actually got clean and he's hosting a late night show. I knew he'd get it together. Well, yeah. that it's funny. I was there the, the Saturday at the urban comedy cafe and the Friday he was there. He walked out because he was upset about the ticket prices or something, which doesn't make sense. Cause it's like, well, the people paid money to see the tickets. Now I don't get to see you. Anyway, he died like eight months later or oh, something. Wow. He wasn't in a great spot. Um, but yeah, I'm, I, I, I think, I think that's the person I'm most happy I ever got to open for, uh, would be Mitch Hedberg because he's how, still, how was he to ahead. you? Fine. I, you know, not a lot, just like, Hey, how you doing? Kind of a shy guy, mm-hmm. you know? I mean, there was people there in the crowd who made their own shirts with their favorite punchlines from his jokes. Wow. It was like, it was a real powerful underground thing like like he had a joke about you know it was like something about pringles like i think you know uh maybe they were i don't remember the pringles joke but people had like shirts with like pringles punchlines printed on it was it it there was a kid there who you wouldn't think mitch hedberg how would you dress like mitch hedberg but the kid dressed like mitch did for his comedy central special it's like and so it's like Burt Kreischer has people come with their shirt off. Mitch Hedberg has people <laughs> yeah, in exactly, like. Exactly. Exactly. It was wild. And he would just disappear. No merch. No merch. He would just disappear to the back room. I'm out there whoring my CDs at the time. I think that's what I had. And so people would be like, they thought I knew him, of course, you know, because oh, I'm arguing yeah. with them. They're like, can you, will he come out? We'd love to get an autograph. You know, I don't know. It was just really, it was like, 
you know, let's say there was 180 people in the room. It was like it was 60,000, the way those people were into him. Mm. Um, so that, it always stuck with me. And I also, he made me laugh real hard. And uh, uh, it was also such a weird night to be at that particular club. But that that's, um, yeah, I would say Mitch Hedberg is the, is, is the one that it was like, oh, this is awesome that I get to open for this guy. I have a not as as cool Mitch Hedberg story, but several years ago, it's actually kind of funny. So several years ago, my wife and I went to the Oddball Comedy Festival. At oh, the, I remember that. Yeah, the White River Amphitheater. What's funny is, this is how much of a comedy nerd I was at the time, is we got there and I was like, uh, like we were, I was in line for a beer and I was like, oh shit, that's Nathan Brandon over there. <laughs> and Nathan Brennan's like a good comedian, like a good, but he's like a local, like maybe I think yeah. Portland at the time or something like that. But I was like, oh fuck, you're Nathan Brandon. Like I was so, and it's very funny because like people don't real, like I now know how silly it was to be like, oh my God, can you believe that Nathan Brandon is in my presence? The same way that when you're after shows, like I was at a show with Josh Firestein recently and a guy was like, they were like three minutes into the conversation and it was like the fourth time the guy had apologized for being nervous. And I was like, Oh, this is gross. Like, I hate this. Uh, especially seeing it happen to somebody else. If someone was feeling that towards me, like justified, but, uh, (laughs) (laughs) well, look, as, as I had to learn this lesson because, you know, I tend to be self deprecating. I come from like whatever independent music where it was like, the less you promoted yourself, the cooler you were. Yeah. Uh, but I, I had to make that adjustment because I realized I was ruining interactions. Like, you know, er, people would be like, can I have an autograph? And I'd be like, why? <laughs> I'm going to be at a, a outdoor food court in Salem tomorrow. What the fuck do you want my autograph for? That years ago. And then I'm like, Oh, I'm fucking this up. You just give yeah. them what, you know what I mean? You don't have to pretend you're something you're not. But be gracious, say thank you, don't be self-deprecating, you know. But it is hard. It's it's you know, it's it's in our nature, but it is I see <laughs> I see people fuck it up all the time where people are like, Oh my god, it's so cool to see you and you're like, Well, you should get better people you like, you know. Yeah. Yeah, God, this is making me reflect on every interaction I've ever had with a an see? audience member. <laughs> Yeah, me too. <laughs> I, I'm so bad at that. You said a thing on a on a podcast recently that is absolutely something I have done, which was if a comedy audience member wants to buy you a drink, let them buy you a drink because then the the venue gets more yeah uh, more money. Although and, I will say what I should because I've heard you mention that on your podcast, I should say only if you were drinking. Oh, of course, of course. You know, if you weren't going to drink at all don't just take drinks for no reason. But like, yeah, if you're drinking anyway and someone in the, uh, someone after the show is like, can I buy you a drink and you get them for free, make them buy you a drink. Yeah. All right. Have you paid any, uh, and this is like a very short question and then I'll let you go. Okay. Uh, have you paid any attention to the Amber Heard, Johnny Depp case? Actually, you know what? Not that much, not that much. I mean, I would see, um, I'm fascinated with the accent he made up for himself. That's really all I can. <laughs> like, where are you? Where are you from? Like the Jersey part of England? Where did this accent come from? 
but no. But I also don't even understand the the who won. They both won. What's going on? I need a yeah. winner. I think. Uh, yeah, I feel the same way. That was actually what I'm more interested in. It is the like fascination with it. Not really the case, although. Uh, I will, if I ever divorce my wife, will be pooping in the bed. That is going to be the way. Uh, That's a standard breakup move from now on. Yeah. Uh, I think she's awesome. After doing that, I'd like (laughs) cut off anyone's finger you want. Like you're, you've earned it. This might not be a popular opinion, but any girl who, if she's mad at you, will shit in your bed is a going to be great at sex. I'm just going to put that out there. Oh, yeah. Not the same day. But <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if you have two sets of sheets or two bedrooms, maybe. Yes. <laughs> get get some rubber sheets and enjoy the ride, Johnny. But yeah, I was I was interested in like because I guess the other part of the that trial that was interesting to me is like that trial had already happened once. Mm-hmm. So like the pooping on the bed thing, people are like, "Oh my god, did she poop?" I'm like, "I've known that for like three years. <laughs> like, what is what are we doing?" Like. Uh, how does this just news? Also, the people who, like, so many people that I would not have expected got so into it. My wife was into it. My wife, I made fun of her the first time she tried to show me a clip of it. And then I caught her, like, sec- she's, like, secretly watching it on her phone while we, like, when she woke up. She was just, like, watching updates on the, on the, uh, I was like, you can, you're allowed to, like, watch it. I don't have to like it. Like, you don't have to watch it, like, fucking Anne Frank. Like you, you, can, you can just enjoy it publicly. It's fine. Greg Beachler super into it. I'm sure that many other comedians were. I also got disgusted by how many people said Amber Turd with like the confidence of someone who had said it for the, they were the first person to say it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, do not, don't you dare talk about an angel like that in that way. <laughs> she's just misunderstood uh yeah i don't yeah it, it's very interesting and i i kind of shied away from any because i wasn't paying attention but any like strong because there's certain there's like a certain percentage of men who are just like fuck this bitch she's yeah. what's and i'm like oh whoa what's going on like i'm a little that concerns me and then i'm also like uh it also, I mean, some of the clips I saw, I'm like, boy, she does not look good at all. Yeah. No, I you know. I agree. I think I think it was like a good opportunity to sit one out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and and uh yeah, I'm um there's there's certainly a thing where you're like I am sure, you know, but we've always talked about this. It's like the middle opinion is never the one that's profitable. But like, I'm like, yeah, I'm sure he's a piece of shit. And also I'm sure that there's a ton of dudes who never get their like abuse story heard because they're like scared of some stigma of being weak or whatever. And so like. But I don't really think this was like it's weird for your like this is like a landmark case in society. Yeah. You're like, I don't know. Like this this feels a lot like a lady shit on a guy's bed that was famous, yeah. you know? Like, <laughs> Seems like they're both constantly fucked up. Uh but yeah. It the Doug Stanhope connection to Johnny Depp makes it more interesting to me. True. Just just be, I mean I've I actually I, I just read a bunch of Doug. Well, actually, he read them to me because they were audiobooks. But, <laughs> but like he, uh, 
yeah, that part is interesting to me. And he very publicly has been like, she's crazy. He's great. You know, what for whatever that's worth, who knows? But yeah, I mean, to be fair, like if if you got if your wife shit on your bed and then you were having a public, I'd uh, sorry, Christy, but I'm t- I'm team Gabe. Okay, I don't even know any like horrible details about her, you and I still I'm, would be I'm team Gabe. I'm slightly jealous of the passion that would lead to a bed shitting. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. We just we're not really leading a bed shitting lifestyle right now. It's just it's more of a glance or a sigh. You know, many people have said that uh, uh, bed shitting is one step away from love, you know? I think so. (laughs) People love differently. Yeah, you can't love, you can't, you can't bed shit without love. You can't, you can't get there without starting at a point of love, you know? If that's how high it was at one point, if it ended in bed shitting, you started somewhere high. Yeah. Yeah. also, I think he's like 900 years old and she's like in her 20s still, maybe. <laughs> yes. I know. I know. <laughs> yeah, I know. He, he's, uh, I mean, a very talented actor, but also like, man, you have not had a normal life in forever. Oh, no, she's 36. That makes me feel good. I mean, it, yeah, but cause he's it's still, what's he, 50 something? Oh, yeah. He's, he's, uh, Man, can you imagine you're like, let's see, he is 58. Can you imagine you're like 53 years old is when someone shits in your bed for the first time? I mean, you you know, you're like, you know what? I made it to 53. I think my bed shitting years are behind. Nope. Nope. No, they're not. 